where the mysteries of Gravity Falls creep into the non-animated world. This is the Gravity Bros Podcast. We are the Gravity Bros. We are here with more content for all of you. You ready for some content? Some golf? Mini golf? I made you some content. It's literally the first thing I thought of was Bo Burnham. Daddy uh, made you your favorite open wide. Thanks for filibustering. It occurred to me that I didn't have a nice, uh, soft icebreaker here to start us off uh, without just kind of slandering you in your mini golf history as we get into this. Wow. You mean your mini golf history? I literally, the third thing I wrote is here comes Alec with stories. We have a lot of history with mini golf, uh, which I I don't want to spend too much time on because we could easily get carried away. But We've had a lot of bad luck with it. However, despite all of it, I still love mini golf. And I I loved this episode for the sheer imagination that went into all of it. Yeah, it's fine. I don't have any, like, major... Okay. We are going to have a lot to talk about. Are we? Oh, okay. (laughs) So one of the reasons I loved this episode is because we've sort of been getting a lot of really... uh, I don't know. They are important plot episodes, no doubt. But there's a part of me that missed kind of the beautiful formulaic nature of season one just a little bit. And it's... This one is so fun. It... It's like the thing that I love about formulaic shows, which I enjoy a lot more than you do, is that they provide mechanisms to do really creative things with the world around them. And not to say that plot shows can't do that. Clearly this one did. Um, But uh, this idea of these little golf ball creatures uh, living in the world is so fascinating to me. It's so uh, very gremlins in a way, you know? Gremlins? Yeah, like, you know, the... It felt more like Disney to me. No, I, I mean in terms of like gremlins are supposed to be these creatures, or some people would call them the borrowers who just oh, hide in these meant, weird like, places. The movie. I you meant, well, like, the I mean movie. to be honest, I haven't even seen the movie. I know more about the gremlins concept of the gremlins that would like hide in planes, and yeah, I'm thinking more like the cryptid. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think the movie ones are weirder than that. Sure. <laughs> um. <laughs> even so, today we are talking about the Gulf War. If you couldn't tell already. Um, sure, it it doesn't progress the plot that much compared, and I I can see that maybe being disappointing considering how much really, like, rich plot that we've been getting leading up to it. But again, I didn't mind. I had so much fun with this one. Uh, It's pretty good. I definitely think it's funny that you and I like different things so much, because, like, again, one of my first notes I wrote is just, wow, what a sidestep from the plot. (laughs) Yeah, and, and I seriously was totally fine with it. But I would argue that it was not a complete sidestep from the plot. Because I, would I think agree with that. Yeah. We do get teased. I wouldn't even say teased. I think the purpose of this is to sort of to advance Pacific and Northwest storyline. Um, her being a very important character, a very problematic character as well, as we'll get to. Yeah. Uh, I actually, that is my favorite part about this episode is exploring Pacifica. But we'll, we'll get into that a little more. Great. Well, the episode starts and Mabel bursts in through the door. The Gravity Falls gossiper has accepted her article about summer fashion tips for squirrels. She could not be more excited. But as she opens the newspaper, look who bought themselves the front page. It is Pacifica Northwest, uh, our problematic rival to Mabel from the first season. Mabel should have been here for the era of TikTok. She would have just been able to make her own news story. 
Ah, oh, man, I guess you should have thought about that. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, <laughs> uh, instead of fashion tips for squirrels, we get the W fashion V-neck, which Seuss immediately runs in and is ready to uh, follow the latest fashion trend. Now, this is a missed opportunity because I think that Seuss walking in with summer fashion tips for squirrels would have been infinitely more entertaining than this <laughs> W-neck thing. He's not a squirrel. What if he just wore the same thing? Knowing Seuss, I don't think... I, I'm confident that he would have brought in whatever the squirrel was supposed to be wearing. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, and, of course, that's a disappointment, too, because Dipper was trying to say no one reads the newspaper, and Seuss clearly did. So it's a little bit of a, man, well, uh, this thing I was so excited for, it's gone. Uh, but then TV comes to the rescue, like it always does. Huh. <laughs> and Sorry, literally newspaper. Asked, what? I said, sorry, newspaper, your medium is dying. Yeah, literally. Uh, and it says, hey, looking for a distraction from your horrible life? We're wow. going to offer you some escapism. Are, it doesn't say that, literally. I'm like, I don't, I don't remember this. <laughs> what, is this still the cold open? Yeah, I'll still the cold open. Because uh, oh. this is an advertisement for Ye Royal Discount Putt-Putt. Oh, that's right. That's where we see the mini golf ad. Victory, honor, destiny, mutton. For some reason. Yep. And uh, Dipper's like, hey, Mabel, you love mini golf. It's a bad day. You're a little stressed. Like, let's go do that, which I thought was a really sweet moment. You know, when I heard mutton, I thought it was going to be like a singular regional thing. And then it ended up being a very multi-regional thing. So the mutton joke confused me later. I know that's a small detail, but it, it did. Well, and Sue sort of said a thing about mutton, because I guess that makes sense for him. Uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, Seuss is, likes food. Why not mutton? Food? I, I no, don't know. Well, it's because no, it was it, like the king guy, the theming of the park, kind yes. of. That, I think that was definitely the idea. theming. Sure. Um, but even so, uh, that's our cold open. And when the episode starts, everybody arrives and the place looks really cool. And it's just kind of people meandering around. We're not sort of teased with any kind of mysticism. It's just like, oh, this is a really cool, fun golf course that would be in your, uh, you know, yeah. local area. Okay, but I will say, okay, maybe this is, okay. There is a show out there that you know very well that I always say did episodic perfectly that also had a mini golf episode. And I saw that one first and, I, and it was Phineas and Ferb. And I do think that that golf course was way more creative. I won't lie. For that show, I totally believe you, even though it's an episode that I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, you know um, they went hard with it, with it being in the sky and, like, doing all this crazy stuff, you know? It was very sure. high-octane. But you're right, this was a very fun, like, classic design. And it was well-designed. I'm not trying to, like, down-talk it. But I'm just saying, like, my expectations for, like, sick golf courses just happened to be set very high like really close to before i saw this for the first time well, and i would argue it wouldn't be gravity falls as a city as a town if we go in and suddenly there's this beautiful extravagant golf course you know the real gravity fallsness of it is in the background which we get to a little bit later that's a good point i, I agree with you on that it wouldn't it would feel weird to have a phineas and ferb golf course in this show Right, and in Gravity Falls fa uh, fashion, Mabel says, mini golf, the sport for mini champions. Dipper says, 
the grass is fake, but the fun is real and there's something for everyone. And we flash to Robbie totally vandalizing the castle wall. And I'm like, see, you know, again, it's not supposed to be a Disney style golf course. It's supposed to be a little bit crappy. And that sort of illustrates it. That's a good point. Well, as mini golf kind of does tend to be. My favorite thing after that is after Robbie vandalized, the like worker chased after him in his golf club and said, hey, those are lewd hand gestures. Oh, yeah, like the little golf cart that could barely move at all. Just yeah. a total, like, teenager who's working their summer job. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I love that, too. Um, and we get some more flavor. Like, Old Man McGucket is literally sleeping next to uh, one, of the, one of the golf ball holes. I have a feeling that the, the word holes is going to come up a lot in this podcast. Unfortunately, a lot of, so. A lot of balls and holes in this one. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and I think the creators uh, knew what they were working with, especially in the end credit scene. Um, so <laughs> Mabel's doing great, though. I uh, we, we realize Mabel is actually like one of the best mini golfers in Gravity Falls. And um, which so is a good. small town, to be fair, though. It is. Um, yeah. But listen, small town heroes make the town go round, right? I, I I don't I don't know I've never that the expression one. something exactly like that it's uh I'm pretty pretty sure that that's exactly what they say yeah in the small town of Orlando Florida which you were residing in for so very long yeah well that's a whole nother ball game <laughs> uh, and you know what's funny if I could do a quick side tangent uh Orlando has tons of mini golfing which you would expect oh, but yeah. you would you would almost expect the courses to be better and they are not there's so many bad golf courses all around really? the city. Disney has some golf courses that are okay, but they're still pretty bad. <laughs> all things considered, Disney had any. That's funny to me too. Yeah, Fan- Fantasia Gardens, which is themed after the movie Fantasia, it's actually very fun. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it is. And then uh, Winter Summerland, which is supposed to be Santa both at work and on summer vacation, based on the two courses that they have. That is, um, that definitely sounds like a Florida golf park. Yeah, well, and the truth is, neither one of them is that good. Uh, but I, again, I think that's part of the charm of mini golf, in a way. So At the same time, if I went to a Phineas and Ferb style mini golf course, I was like, this is incredible. That would be great. But do you want your demand to be so high that people are constantly fighting over the mini golf course? Because that is inevitable uh, when people start to take too long. Like, you sort of want it to be just enough to where people show up, not so much to where you have high demand. I don't know. I think that depends on the budget that you've got. Yeah, and the owner who probably just wants to make as much money as they can. Exactly. But for a good experience, give me a just okay mini golf course. Okay, yeah, well, you're thinking from the customer perspective. Definitely. I'm like, but if I, I own that do. golf course, load me up on as much people as can fit in it. <laughs> I, I'm sure that they would if they could. Uh, so Mabel is on hole 18 after going through this cool montage. She's doing great. The crowd is surrounding her. And she just misses at the end. And... Dipper and Mabel sort of have a moment where we're like, oh, weird. Like, I really felt like that should have gone in. It was RNG, also random number generation for those who are unfamiliar with the term. The golf ball went through like one of those automatic things where there's like three exits and it could come out of any of them. Have you ever actually seen a golf like hole section like that before? Yes. What I didn't know is that there were little golf ball men operating underneath that were causing that decision rather than it being automated. I think it's still typically automated. I think they take take pride in their work unless they're being bribed, but we'll get into that. Okay. Well, uh, you know, Stan and Seuss and Dipper are all with her, and uh, Seuss is like, hey, how many golf works is the biggest mystery after the Bermuda Triangle? Do you feel 
like how mini golf works is in the top five mysteries of the world that you can think of. Wait, why is this a mystery? Uh, well, Seuss is, he's like, this is, uh, turns out he was right. But at the time I'm like, (laughs) Seuss. So it goes one Bermuda triangle, two mini golf, three Illuminati, four aliens, five Bigfoot. Like, what are we doing here? I, 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 I didn't know that this missed. I thought, I thought everyone knew about the golf creatures. Yeah, well, I, I certainly didn't, and uh, I, I wish that you had told me, because maybe it, maybe they're behind all the sabotage that we experienced growing up. I was paying them off. I'm just oh, <laughs> wait, you were paying them off for bad memories? Were you just trying to laugh at your family? I mean, I remember it fondly. Do you remember <laughs> when there, we were trying to mini-golf at this place, and you were running around, and there was this really old lady who was trying to golf, and you were watching... And she said something to Mom along the lines of, you know, it's pretty rude when other people are trying to golf and you're just stomping all over. And she was trying to, like, indicate to Mom that she wasn't doing a good job paying attention to her kid. And Mom was like, it's a game lady, get a life. That's hilarious. (laughs) Little granny walks away. Like mom, (laughs) Yeah, that's right. She was really confrontational about it. That is what I remember. (laughs) Which is awesome. I don't know. I thought it was funny. I, yeah, I was, so my mom because... stood up for me. I felt happy about it. You know what I mean? Most parents would just react and be like, kid, shut the f- up. You know what I mean? Sorry, you can put a swear thing there, but. You're fine. When mom would try like standing up for me, it's not that I didn't appreciate it, but I would have preferred she didn't. Uh, I liked we, it. Again, it we operate feel... differently. Yeah, no, I mean, it gave me a confidence boost because it made me feel like I wasn't doing problematic things. I just hated confrontation so bad that I would have done anything to avoid it. And I still feel this way after all this time. So nowadays when I'm mini golfing, cause these kind of things would happen. Like there'd be people who were mad at us for going too slow and mom didn't want to like, uh, you know, let them in front of us, or at least she didn't have the forethought to do it. Um, I'm so overly conscious every time I mini golf, if I see anybody who's even remotely faster, I'm like, you go ahead. We'll just stay, stay down on the bench for a second. Yeah. I don't. I haven't been mini golfing since like then, so I, I really can't say. Are you that scarred? It's been a long time. I I've, don't know. I've never sought it out before. I don't know. I don't, we should know. go mini golfing. I don't know if there's one in our town. There should be. Oh yeah, there's definitely mini golf somewhere around here. Okay, uh, that, I think that would be very fun. Uh, Alec and Lugo mini golfing. It's uh, yeah. soon on the list. Oh, if we go to Oaks Park in Portland, that's like a whole theme park. We should go there. Oh, okay, that'd be a drive, but uh, I'd, I'd be here for it. Uh, well, just like us, uh, Mabel is having some mini golfing issues today because Pacifica Northwest is the one who swoops in to cause some conflict. Uh, which she is said, so, so funny. Also just like, oh, I need to go decompress and get away from Pacifica Northwest. Pacifica Northwest nationally ranked golfer shows up right after you, sh- you have your bad game. Yeah, l- literally. Uh, and she's with her parents who... I don't remember. This is not, no, it's, this is not the first time we've seen her parents because in the past we found out that her parents are kind of frauds or at least her dad. Uh, and that was in like the Quentin Tremblay episode, um, where they were like claiming to be their family being like the founders of Gravity Falls and it was not true. That's right. Um, that definitely felt like a season two episode, but her rich parent stereotypes, they're still hilarious to me. Just like the way that her parents look is amazing. Absolutely. I, I I mean, 
I have more to say as we like get into how Pacific is actually part of the story, but I I actually really first of all, being from the Pacific Northwest, that's hilarious to me in the oh, first yeah. place because the amount of elitism in the Pacific Northwest, which I partake in gladly, is fantastically <laughs> high. Uh best place in the world. Everyone else can suck it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're so right. Everyone's <laughs> like, this is the best place. It is. And it's just because they like it here, despite the fact that half the people are battling seasonal depression. Right. Well, and you you made a point that Pacifica is more like a California character a lot of the time in the yeah. way that she is sassy. Through and... Pacific Northwest fashion. Everybody's actually from California, but then says that they're local and says that they love it. Oh, man, that's so good. You're right. Uh, myself included first of three which i would consider problematic (laughs) lines in this episode uh the first she didn't know it was a hobo's golf free day uh i'm pretty sure that at this point we're on to you know people experiencing homelessness we don't have to uh slander first of all second why why hobos like what about them it (laughs) Just because they have less money is like is assuming anybody who's poor is like well, homeless. I mean, like I gotta say, if there's a hobos play free day, that would be the day that they'd show up. <laughs> well, I Grunkle Stan certainly would. <laughs> He'd be like, "Oh sure, like I'll sell this, no problem. If it's free, I'm in." Yeah. And she so she's being sassy, and Stan asks, "Is it wrong to punch a child?" Yes. Oh, that was so funny though. That was so funny. I literally heard that line and I'm like, man, ah, that's some good. I, I wonder how many worse lines they put in the show to get away with that one or this episode. Yeah. Do you think that was Alex Hirsch's strategy? Just throwing tons of horrible things so that they don't want to battle everything. Yeah. Throw a lot of ball and hole jokes in here and then, and then they'll just like chill out about some of the punching kids jokes. That's right. You're bound to get away with something. And you know Alex Hirsch is going to fight you on every single one. So you're going to let this one slide. Yeah. At a certain point, the network doesn't want to pay somebody the hours to work with it anymore. Sure. And uh, just to say, with Pacifica's character, it's definitely a thing where the things she says that are very, like, cringy and like, oh, that's bad, are, like, so very clearly uh, satirical in the way that we're trying to see somebody who is clearly, like, very privileged and very out of touch uh with a lot of things and i i like how they write her that way i think it's really compelling well and yeah i think it's also like extremely unpopular to humanize a kid who grew up rich but in all honesty like a child is an innocent human being that was born into any background like any other and for them to get just like harassed by huge amounts of people would suck you know what i mean definitely uh dipper though he's feeling spicy is like hey how's it been since your family got exposed as frauds and she says, perfectly fine, because money makes your problems go away. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that, that's accurate. Uh, See, if that's your life, though, who can blame you, right? I guess. Like, what are you going to do? Oh, come on. You're, Paci- you're Pacific and Northwest. Do you not just pay for, for that to go away, however that works? Well, I mean, what true problem is it, right? It, it, the problem is that your family didn't found the town. Okay. I mean, I, I well, think a real problem is, oh... It's a public perception of it, probably, and then they... I'm imagining that you would just pay off reporters, which probably wouldn't even be that expensive. Oh, man, Fair. I guess so. Yeah, that'd be pretty easy. I mean, if reporters are willing to only write clickbait articles from now on, I think that they'd be perfectly willing to take money for a lot of things. I mean, geez, dude, most, like, Washington Post, like, major, major news headline places will just copy-paste things from others, you know, and then slight edits. Oh. 
Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, and not to, uh, I, I know that a lot of people who work in those fields do believe in journalistic integrity and try their hardest to follow through with it. But I think that the field in general is just moving to a place where if you don't compete, you die. Capitalism at its right. finest. Journalism. It's all about, it's all about selling stuff at the end of the day. <laughs> Sure. Well, <clears throat> speaking of selling things, Mabel says you cannot buy skill. However, uh, Pacifica did buy... You can hire a trainer. A trainer. <laughs> you can hire a trainer. And uh, I love Sergey. by the way. He's got a lot of great moments in this episode, which we'll get to. Um, I also think that that's a good point because, like, I think it's under... I, I don't know. I think that... Uh, the like wealth inequality of competitive sports is something that people don't really think about or talk about ever. You know what I sure. mean? Sure. The second that Mabel said you can't buy skill, the very first thing I thought about was that. Yeah, Do you know me what... too. I was like, yeah, you, I mean, not exactly, but you can buy your opportunities to get better way easier than if you can. Social science with Alec time. Do you know the one thing that increases the likelihood the most of a kid growing up to make it as a professional athlete hmm. definitely kellogg's brand cereal yeah eating well you know yeah that's right eating your oats that's that's what it is also i'm totally joking that company mows down the rainforest don't support them please continue okay uh well it is entirely uh whether you had a a parent who was involved in that sport in the first place and it's not even close compared to the next thing under so like the easiest way that. to yeah and when you think about it it makes a lot of sense but it's very much that those are the kids who have the means uh to be able to do it not just money but also you know somebody who's gone through it before and the experience so it's well, not so I think but, that's also probably just due to the fact that if you start younger, you're better. Like, I remember when I was doing cross-country, I started in high school, and pretty much anyone who started in middle school was better than me. Like, almost everybody. Like, you know, remember all the kids who, like, started when there was, like, that middle school track team? Sure. They so the parents me. who the parents who know the sports, they're going to get their kids in early. But they exactly. know how to, they know exactly yep. where to put them, what to yep. do. Uh, yeah, so I, I didn't even privilege... know that sport existed until I was in high school. <laughs> sure. Privilege of information means almost as much as, you know, privilege of finance when it Absolutely. comes to things like sports. Uh, yeah. But to get the information, you know, where does it come from? Uh, cool. That was a fun tangent. It was. Uh, so Pacifica beats Mabel's score, rudely walks away, and Mabel goes after her she's like i want to rematch you walking one-dimensional bleached blonde valley girl stereotype strongest insult so far in the show also again funny because she's pacific northwest but valley girl is referencing the valley in southern california which to me is just really extra funny because it's like a it, I, i'm sure if you're not from the area this won't make sense but it's very regionally comedic i promise Sure. I actually find that it's interesting Pacifica actually gets stung by this because a lot of the time she acts like she's too good for anything that Mabel has to say. She got her here. Yeah, it's the kind of thing where the truth hurts the most, you know? Yeah, well, <laughs> I think that's exactly <laughs> right. Uh, so this same golf employee in his golf cart comes to tell them the course is closed for weather, but Pacifica challenges Mabel to come back at midnight. You know, I just had a thought about that. You said it's funny that's the thing that gets under her skin. You know, I just realized that a lot of this episode really is concerned with humanizing Pacifica, and I never thought about it until you said that moment, but 
maybe that's actually something that in this episode we're being introduced to her being actually insecure about and she hates that she's basic and she knows that she is a little bit you know what i mean i'm sure that there's a piece of that i mean and it's hard because she does get humanized in this one but she doesn't necessarily get likable i think that if they go that direction it comes later yeah Uh, and i kind of like that too though because you can be human and unlikable yeah, uh, yeah, that can. I mean, I think that that's even more importantly the lesson, right? Like you should hum, you should remember the people that you don't like are human. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, so little uh, Easter egg here. I saw that um, th- they're eating dinner at night at this place called Hermanos Brothers, and I realized after looking it up that siblings brothers. I don't know. Random trivia fact. Yes, you took Spanish. You shouldn't have had to have looked that up. Yeah, Spanish is the one class I got a D in that stopped me from going to anywhere other than community college, which inadvertently saved my life because community college stopped me from being eyeballs in debt. Anyway, continue. Wow. Wow, I passed all my classes and I'm all eyeballs in debt. Look what happens. Um, World ain't fair. (laughs) Um, I I always thought, okay, so in that exact scene, I saw that. I was actually going to say, I really love the colors. I love the like kind of relaxation of pace of this diner scene. I actually think it's really cool because this seems like something that they could have cut and that might have been cut in a certain edit because it wasn't like, it was a slower paced transition scene, but I really liked it. And I almost also noticed there was a huge house in the dead center of the window of the diner. And I didn't have time to look up what it was, but I felt like that had to have been something specific, like maybe Pacific the Northwest Mansion or something. oh that would have made a lot of sense and i remember seeing that like now in the back of my mind too even though i didn't consciously uh consider it at the time Uh, and we're gonna get that mansion in a couple episodes which i'm so excited about uh that's one of my favorite series i I don't remember i'll have to look it up later um but anyway mabel's envisioning what it would be like to beat pacifica and she has a hilarious dream sequence like mabel always does she's just like the exit for people who lost at mini golf is over there and our favorites, the 90s anime-ish boys, Xyler and Kraz, show up. Oh uh, I've got the line. We heard a little girl got burned bad. Oh! Yeah, as they try to take her to the emergency room. and yeah, uh, they, they were like, they had a stretcher and came with an ambulance. It was pretty funny. Yeah, nice little <laughs> moment about how Mabel's mind works and the way that she uh, imagines things. Yeah, but let's uh, get to the, uh, let's get to the golf. Yeah, because this inspires her to practice a bit before midnight. So Stan, being Stan, encourages them to break in and gladly goes himself to the fence when they get there and kind of pries it open. And my favorite part of this is a Stan moment where he gives Mabel a sticker that just says, you the best, and says, knock your dead, kid. Yeah, I liked that too. That sticker becomes the undoing of our souls, though. It does. You're right. And that's a way for them to introduce it and also create a character moment because Stan at this point knows what Mabel's like and a sticker that says that is the exact thing that she needs in that moment. So once again, him becoming a pretty cool father figure. Uh, So she starts practicing, but she's doing real bad. Dipper is trying to figure out what's wrong with the hole. They hear something from inside and discover, let me try to say this name right, the Lilliputians, a village of golf ball people that secretly uh, coordinate from the inside of these sculptures uh, where the golf ball is going to go. Which so, is just, it's an ingenious concept, Lucas. You said they reminded you of gremlins. They reminded me of if the little toys in that uh, 
weird little scene at the beginning of Shrek in in the kingdom. Those little toys in that you don't remember the ones that I'm talking about? Dublock is a perfect place. Oh, like at Farquaad's kingdom where Yeah, I don't I don't remember what this, the kingdom's called. But yeah, Farquaad's kingdom's a perfect place, those creepy things. It reminded me as if those came to life, like almost to a T. To so, a T. Golf joke. Come oh, on, everyone. All right, all right, you can have it. So wait, are you saying that you were creeped out by them or they just remind you? It's the same same energy. Yeah, more same energy. I got more like doll, like uh, almost like, uh, what is it? That Disneyland ride. Small it's world. Small world, yeah. Like it's small world creature kind of thing. That's interesting. That's not exactly the type of thing. So I thought about, oh, and I also just remembered DuckTales 2017, the, re- the DuckTales reboot has my favorite episode of a mini golf. Uh, oh, <laughs> uh episode so uh all definitely check that of, out all three of those are disney that's hysterical they got a thing oh, for golf that's true actually yeah i guess uh it's a formula that works because i enjoy this episode too so uh yeah put in mini golf it's gonna get me uh so both parties kind of scream back and forth before realizing oh it's cool we're good uh and, and this character one of the lily putchians who's kind of the leader of this whole franz introduces himself and welcomes them to their home uh what's cool is that every single hole has its own little village of lilliputians and uh these ones are kind of i think maybe uh he refers to him as a dutchman at one point i actually considered them the least interesting of the groups that we saw wow because there were also pirates I wouldn't there were miners the <laughs> uh and there I, were knights okay the miners were the most interesting to me because of the one scene but we'll get oh to which we'll totally get to which is one of my favorite scenes maybe in the whole show uh and uh also the french had their own little castle uh so they ask you want us to elaborate in song and dipper's like oh we're good and them and me were very sad because that oh moment. my god i literally Again, you and I have opposite perspectives. I wrote, hand wrote, thank God. I wanted the song. Thank God was what I wrote. I'm so serious. I love music. And we have not, have we gotten any Gravity Falls songs? Yes. Um, this no, is interesting. not like full-fledged songs, I don't think. It's definitely not the kind of thing they pull from often. And I, I almost wish they did a little bit more. I mean, look, I'm a sucker for musicals, so it's this hard to get already such a packed show, though. Like, how could you fit song numbers with all this plot and stuff going on? Well, in my opinion, musicals provide a great way to move a plot forward even faster and get a whole bunch of flavor in within, like, a two-minute span. Um, and montages do a similar thing in Gravity Falls. We get a lot of montages. But, look, if there was a musical there, I wouldn't mind. Right just here? Know? Right in this scene? I would mind. Fair. Well, then they gave you what you wanted. Uh, and I, I like that Dipper calls this needlessly complicated, even though Mabel says it's incredible. Little character. I also note. thought it was needlessly complicated. Um, because the last part of this huge device is just them turning it in a wheel. And you could have literally just skipped the entire other part and just gone straight to the wheel. Oh, well, I guess that's true if you uh, try to put a hole in the plot. Wow. Ooh, let's get those hole jokes in here. And the wholesome ones, by the way. Uh, ah! I have a better golf pun somewhere in this book. All right, well, I'll let you get to that when you get to it. Um, 
So what we do find out is that the different courses, the different holes, if you will, uh, they're kind of at war with each other. Uh, and there's a very fun war sequence where they just all start attacking each other. Uh, one gets eaten by a duck and Dipper's like, ha, these guys are a riot, which I f- sort of found funny because this character is actually uh, going through the process of getting eaten and dying in front of Dipper's eyes. He's like, oh, these guys are so funny. And I was just like, oh no, the duck! Someone save the duck! They're gonna choke on the golf ball! Wow, you have no sympathy for the Lilliputians. Nah. They're war-hungry <laughs> monsters. I hate them. No, I'm just... Even though you knew that they existed before you even saw the episode. Knowledge is power. Ugh, alright, well... Uh, every hole in the park thinks that they are the superior hole. And if only there were an award or trophy. You can't say that and just keep talking. I sure can. So they see Mabel's sticker. And because the sticker says, uh, you the best, they're like, that's what we need. Because that's going to be proof that we are the best. So they think they can just ask Mabel to give the sticker to someone and then she can end the war. <laughs> you know, I was wondering if there was supposed to be some kind of commentary here. And I if there was, I almost feel like it wasn't pointed quite enough. You know what I mean? That's like, interesting. Okay, okay think... so like are 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 is this like commentary on you know, like nationalism? Is that is that where we're going? I think it's more yeah, it might be a little bit of a commentary of it's dangerous to get in the affairs of something that you don't actually know very much about. And maybe oh, no, talking about like the golf ball war though. Y- okay, you're talking very literal, like specific factions like, and things. Very symbolic, I would say, but yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> the I like Mabel's line here that says, I don't know if I want to get involved in your weird mini blood feud. Uh yeah. it's a sensible reaction. That's how I feel about the affairs of multi multicultural problems. Sure. Well, again, I think that that's more the message than trying to get any more specific than that, to be honest. Yeah, just like, instead of worry about war, just don't get involved. I feel like that's not a great message. That's the thing. I just feel like, like, I don't know where the commentary is really trying to point. And maybe, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, maybe there really isn't any, you know? Maybe maybe there isn't any. I felt like there was almost supposed to be. Because when you have a war between, like, all of the different nations, it's kind of like... Is this like, is this commentary or is it just stating like, oh, we do this and that's fine. Sure. There's a little something there, but I think it might not be as nuanced uh, as we're maybe thinking about just because we'll get to it more. I think kind of the way it ends, they all sort of are able to come together over a common thing. And I think that's more just a very bare bones lesson. Oh, if we work together, everything's going to be hunky dory. If we have a common enemy, then we can be racist against them instead. Whoa, that actually is exactly the point that they sort of land on. Sorry to ruin everyone's, we just need an alien to unify us theory. It's just racism with extra steps. Whoa, all right. Uh, I gotta say, you're making a compelling point, and I guess we're going to have to see where the uh, golf balls fall in this equation. So Dipper comes up with an interesting idea. He's like, hey, this is perfect. All you have to do is give the sticker to whoever's willing to help you the most, and they can help you win against Pacifica. And of course, Mabel doesn't love this because it'd be cheating. But Dipper says, Pacifica's rich, Mabel. She's cheating at life. Okay, one of the best lines in the whole show. Like, obviously, right? Incredible. (laughs) Yeah, I, I almost have nothing more to say about that. Just excellent line. Yep. 
And uh, that sells her and us. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, 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 we're done. You can cheat. It's true. It does, it does sell the audience. I wonder. <laughs> it's like, actually, I don't feel too bad about you going after this anymore. Yeah. I wonder if there are any rich people that reacted like, that's awful. Oh, yeah. definitely. I mean, listen, I, just, I don't, I don't I, want to like, put, interested. I, I don't want to put like funny. people in a box. Like I know plenty of people that have some money that are very kind, but I, I also know a lot that want to cling to their money and they're offended about the idea that they shouldn't have it. I think it's a touchy subject. Yeah. We should probably I, leave it there. Yeah. Be like, yeah, I guess I'd get pretty defensive too if people were telling me to share my money. Well, I think people are bound to get defensive on the things that they identify with, regardless of what those things are and re regardless of whether those identities are healthy. I that's think that that's point. why sometimes we get angry over irrational things. This is true. Uh, so... Mabel declares the ah, Mabel declares the plan to the Lilliputians, Lilliputians, Lilliputians. Honestly, they make a joke where it makes more sense if you spell it out, and I spelled it out, and I actually don't think it made that much more sense. <laughs> I spelled okay. it out too, and I didn't think it made it. If anything, I thought it made less sense when I spelled it out because I tried to sound it from the spelling, and it made less sense. Same. It's like Lily, little putts, little. Golf? <laughs> like, what are we? What are we doing? I don't little know. Puchins. Let's call them little Puchins. I just that sounds like something I shouldn't say. I don't know. Sounds like fuchsia. It's just a color. Okay. Yeah. Little Puchins. Little Puchins. Little Puchins with a P. Puchins. Yeah. Okay. I think that's okay. Yeah. I think that's okay. Uh. So she declares the plan to them, and only rule is no fighting while they help her. Uh, we get a really quick uh, character moment of Stan and Seuss in the car. A very weird scene where Seuss, who's still trying to, like, figure out his W-neck situation, has gone shirtless. And, <laughs> and Stan's just trying to lay in the car. Yeah, and you could say this one. You want me to say it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Seuss just turns over to Stan shirtless and is like, Sure are a lot of stars out tonight. <laughs> Stan's like, well, this is getting weird, and leaves the car, which is the right response. I thought that was so funny, but also because the first thing that I said right before that was, wow, Gr Grunkle Stan has really awesome taste in music, because he started playing some jazz that I was like, oh yeah, let's go. And then it was that kind of jazz music, and then Sue said that, and I was like, oh god. <laughs> yep, a couple uh, unfortunate things happened around the same time, and here we are in an awkward moment. Uh, so uh, we just, I guess that was more of a moment to remind uh, the audience that they're still there, but the really important thing is that uh, the Norwest, Northwest family arrives from behind. Uh, so, so they pull up, and uh, Pacifica's parents take off, and they say, oh, we'll read about your victory in the paper. And this is kind of the first tease of a moment of, oh, Pacifica's rich, but her family is much more concerned with her status than actually being there to support her at all. Yeah, they're not, they're, they're, uh, uh, in a very short amount of scenes, which I uh, credit the show for doing, that you get the vibe of them just being neglectful, money-hungry parents. Right. Uh, and that's sort of where they leave it for now. Pacifica doesn't seem to be severely affected, at least externally, as the episode progresses, at least not in the beginning. The, um, 
the one thing I thought was interesting is right before they dropped her off, they said, just don't forget, you're you're in Northwest, you don't lose, or whatever. Um, and when they were talking to her in the car about it, she did say, like, I'm nationally ranked, and I've practiced for hours. And the thing, when I heard her say that, as someone who's put a lot of time and effort into different things before, I definitely feel that sense of, like, like it if you think about it this way, Mabel is the best, is, like, really good in Gravity Falls, but if Pacific and Northwest is actually a nationally ranked golf player, like, she should wipe the floor with everybody. You know what I mean? It's like the NFL getting washed by a high school or something. You know what I mean? Like, could you imagine somebody in, like, a major sport playing, like, a college player and not decimating them? No, certainly no, not. No, you can't. It's not possible. So Pacifica really should win this, all things considered. Even right, though she's I, being really prideful about it, it's clear that she actually was pressured by her family to put in hella hours to be the best. And that adds pressure, you know, because if you don't succeed, then it's like, oh, well, what did we put all this into for? Yeah. Uh, yep. And that that is a very challenging thing. And I think that even people who don't necessarily come from wealthy families can sometimes relate uh, to feeling that parental pressure of you've got to get this right. You've got to get an A because you've got to be the pride of the family. Oh you know, God, even it's if it's... Even... It's even worse if you don't have money in a way you know what i mean there's more hinging on it because they can't just buy a whole new situation if you screw up totally totally uh so pacifica goes in with her coach sergey uh mabel's there waiting creepily in the dark um is very suspicious about the entire thing but pacifica at least in the beginning doesn't seem to realize that anything's going on sergey shoots a gun into the sky it just kick off the game that was pretty funny. I feel like I saw this. Oh, I thought I saw it in a cartoon, but no. The original Disneyland special, uh, when they aired it on ABC for Disneyland's grand opening, there's announcers like, here, kid, take this gun and fire it in the air. <laughs> kid takes the gun and shoots it up. This is 1955 TV for you. Just random little tidbit that it reminded me of. <laughs> Hopefully funny. not a real gun, but it seemed like it. I mean, I'll bet it was like a flare gun or something like that. I don't, I'll bet it wasn't like a harm you. I mean, not that a flare wouldn't hurt you if you shot it at somebody, but it, I mean, I don't, I don't really know. I'm not an expert in these things. <laughs> Me neither. I, I think that it's probably more likely. Uh, but with that gun going off, uh, we get a fun sequence of the Lilliputians. Pushians? I forget what we landed on. Helping her and uh, trying to... Or helping Mabel, that is, and trying to outdo each other the most creatively, which I really think was a very fun montage, again, because you get flares of the yeah. different places, some being much cooler than others, and I'm sure that you're about to comment on the best one. I was just gonna say, like, I was honestly pretty bored through most of it. Like, I uh, I'll, I'll just chalk it up, like, I was just kind of sitting there like, okay, we're getting a little golf thing. This is not one of my favorite episodes outside of the, the Pacific and Northwest stuff, to be honest. But yeah, we did get the one with the miners, and I do not remember. I know what this is a reference to, but I can't remember it for the life of me. Do you remember what it's a reference to? I think they're referencing the folk hero John Henry. Yes, who may or may that not be it. a real figure. Yes, uh, that's it. That's definitely with the railroads. I th I believe so. Yes, I think that's it. I I don't have any more than that approximate knowledge so don't quote me on that but i thought that it was a reference to that um and pretty much there's this super in uh, amongst all this creative fun fast-paced montage there's a scene where the miners like one of the golf clans i guess gets a hold of one of the golf balls 
And as they're about to throw it out into the thing, one of the miners shows up and is like, there's a gas leak. We can't go in there. No person is going to be able to hold their breath long enough. They die. And then this one huge buff golf ball is like, I'm going to do it. And just like, you know, like a like super, super deep voice. And this little girl is like, no, don't go. It's like, get out of here. And then like, you know, walks the thing. And I just want to say, I'm fairly certain this golf ball dies, like canonically. I think he actually died in this gas leak because he walks the golf ball through the mine, like holding his breath. He's like, you got him. Or not even holding his breath, just breathing in the gas. And then he pushes it to the place. And obviously all it does is plop out and they keep the game going, which is hysterical. Um, But he actually like lays down, pulls out a picture that clearly that little girl drew from like five seconds ago. And in, in all of this little scene, it just feels like the entire pacing and tone of the show changes to give us this crazy moment that's like weirdly emotional with these golf people. Terrific. His name is literally Big Henry. Thank you. Uh, and it's so compelling and it breaks the pace in such a hilarious way that's also weirdly um, heart-tugging a little bit. <laughs> You know, I, I'm not I'm not gonna give my point to that character, but I considered memeing and and making this. It was Big Hen- Big Henry's the character's name. Yes, I was gonna make him my one of my points. Oh well, not, I mean, not there's still time, so uh, we'll think about it. There is still time. So unfortunately, because the miners go above and beyond and do so well, uh, Mabel kind of tells them, I don't want to call it early, but you might have a sticker in your future. And that is unfortunately seen and heard by Franz and the Dutchmans or whatever their group is actually called. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. But the assistant of Franz says there might be another way to win favor. And that's when we flash back over to Pacifica, who's getting frustrated because she can clearly tell that something is going on. Uh, Sergei says, maybe they have little people who control where the balls go. And see? she... He, see, people know. Sergei's in on it. I've been hanging out with whoever Sergei's been hanging out with. But Pacifica replies, we've got to get you English lessons. <laughs> Horrible microaggression. Uh, and like, you're... Again, it's a reminder, gosh, like, you know, Pacifica, people like Pacifica get raised in these families where they think down on, like, servers and uh, people who don't speak English in this case. As a matter of habit, too. They they internalize that and it turns into racism, which is, like, oof. It was a big oof moment. And it, it almost makes it hard for Pacifica to have the proper redemption in human moments, but we talked about it before. It's like, she's not likable. She's human in this episode. And we get, and that's a reminder. It's like, Hey, we might be humanizing her, but she's still got some pretty problematic points of view as a result of her upbringing, which is realistic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah pretty much. I mean, I'm not going to say what I heard that I definitely just laugh because I like have thought like, there's definitely been some people that I've met that are like that, like hundred yeah. percent. You know what I mean? And, uh, I don't know. I'm very somebody who, like, responds to everything with comedy. Like, any trauma I've ever had in my life, like, I always go through comedy. So I think most of the time I'm going to laugh when I hear jokes like that. Because I'm just, you know, because it's the absurdity of hearing somebody just honestly be that terrible. I'm just like, oh, oh, God. 
You know, well, what it's I mean? an uncomfortable laughter, and it's also a laughter at the commentary. And I think that was it for me too. It's like true, oh. yeah. Like, uh, it's it's laughable because it's true. You know, comedy with tragedy, as they say. It's um, just objectively silly false thing to think that actually ends up in her being in trouble which is pretty funny because he totally could have just saved her right in that moment oh yeah well and because the best part is that immediately after she says this terrible thing she just gets pulled into the bushes by these mysterious golf balls yeah while sergey's trying to get her a soda he turns around he's just like this is bad dude can you imagine him having lost the daughter of these two rich parents he's like oh i'm like gonna die like i'm gonna i'm getting like like sent to some island and no one's gonna see me again yeah literally like they will find legal loopholes to make sure that i'm at least in jail if not worse yeah i know man i i don't i don't screw with those people (laughs) sure well meanwhile dipper and mabel are chatting dipper's like i can't wait to see the look on pacific's face when we win uh mabel asks is it bad that i feel good about her feeling bad uh so they're kind of relishing in their moment and suddenly they see Pacifica Northwest tied up in one of the golf courses because the little golf ball people have tied her up. Now, this is where all of the less empathetic kids uh, don't understand the lesson in Gravity Falls because a lot of kids, like, the joking side of Lou in this moment was just like, oh, wow, now their problems are really solved. Wow. See, Alex side is like oh man they got to go save her like this is such a good opportunity for her to learn a lesson and hopefully stop being terrible for a second or for rich people to learn a lesson that they should stop being terrible no I'm just kidding are you kidding I, I think <laughs> no I'm t- you think I would just kill a rich person well to serve no. an example well, of course I, I'm kidding Jesus hold on I'm talking about this not from a literal perspective but from the perspective of watching something on television that might be able to be commentary I think that that's not a, a far stretch. It's a point that... That's fair. It's not a far stretch. I think it would be a bad move for Gravity Falls to actually do that. Sure. Uh, I, I would agree with that. <laughs> but they're not afraid to at least tease it because... That's a good point. Franz literally says, hey, what's better than beating Pacifica? Killing her, right? And, like, again, there's definitely a perspective there. No, <laughs> Uh, Depends on what your qualifications for better are. You have to define the terms. They think they're beat by the miners, and this is their one way to potentially uh, get themselves out of it. Uh, So, meanwhile, the pirates have also kidnapped Sergei and put him on the plank to walk. Um, The different (laughs) places are protesting. They're arguing. Mabel says that no one's going to get the sticker because they're being jerks. Terrible Uh, decision. Yeah, because she's thinking, oh, I'm going to teach you a lesson right now. I'm going to give you what you need to hear, and we're going to stop hating each other. But instead, they're like, you know what? Rivalries are dumb, so we should stop fighting, and we should work together to get the sticker from you, which she just ate. So they're trying. I think they say something along the lines of, we're just going to cut cut your belly open and take it out. Yeah. Doesn't that mean they just have a rivalry against Mabel now, though? You see my point. Sure, but Mabel and Pacifica sort of look at each other and it's like, oh, maybe we should stop our rivalry. So as long as the main characters get their lesson, and it doesn't matter what the side characters do. Well, that's true. And I do think that ultimately that is the point. Like, maintaining a rivalry or a competition that has malice in it specifically. Because there there is healthy competition. You know what I mean? Like, there is such a thing as, like, being around creative individuals that push you to be better. But... You know, when you're, like, getting all negative and malicious about it, all it does is really hurt both of you. 
generally, you know? Yeah, no doubt. Um, and, and I do think that this point hits pretty well. Um, Mabel does go to save Pacifica, even when she has an opportunity to just let her die as she, like, goes up to a conveyor belt with this metal spinning fan that could totally just, like, cut her up. You know, I remember watching this and being like, oh, wow, this is kind of dangerous. And then I saw the fan spinning and I'm like, holy sh- that was crazy absolute absurdity it's i don't know i like when they do stuff like that though because it makes it feel like there's stakes yeah i like them pushing the boundaries of that feeling too because you know i I, it really does actually force mabel with this choice actually one of my favorite parts is when uh she's being like taken closer and closer and mabel's trying to get her out she says something which is she like comment compliment on her or like say something about her outfit like oh god those are terrible and mabel just goes like yeah 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 exactly oh those earrings are terrible and mabel's like you know maybe i just won't save you (laughs) and i was like oh my god I'm glad you at least entertained it because your audience did. <laughs> yes, well, and I felt like she almost maybe did entertain it for a hot second, even. Right? Uh, so she sells the line well. Uh, and, and But she does break her out. And then we have a really cool montage where they're sort of like using their golf clubs to battle back and hit these golf people. Dipper shows up in uh, the car. Oh, but before Dipper shows up, there is a good moment where Sergey is like begging for help as he's on the plank. And Dipper's like, relax, man, it's shallow water. There's no way to drown. And Sergey just flat face down into the water where he could easily drown just with his face down. Doesn't think to, I don't know, turn to the left or right. So I I don't even remember the part where Dipper saves him, but it seems like he does because he shows up with the golf cart. And next thing you know, all four of them are on their escape route out. One thing I did mention actually was that the adventure music was like so reminiscent of Indiana Jones in this scene. It was actually one of my favorite music sequences like that I've seen in the show in a weird way. Good catch. Um, I wish I paid more attention. Yeah, I was like, wow, it might just like notice it. Sometimes you just notice things when you don't in other watch throughs. But for this particular episode, I just happened to notice the background music in this adventure sequence. And I'm like, wow, that was awesome. Interesting. Little note. (laughs) Um. Well, despite having rescued Sergei once, they eventually drop him. Pacifica just goes, it's okay, I'll get a new one. Oh, again, the kind of thing that you can picture real people saying and just cringing so much. Like, that one's a little more exaggerated. I can't imagine someone actually saying that about a human being. But, like, but feeling that way, the sentiment of it, 100%. But the sentiment of it, 100%. 100% the sentiment. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, that was pretty bad. And that's it for Sergei. Uh, they move on without him. Uh, you know, does, does that count towards like a kill count? No, because of what we get in the end credit scene. Oh, okay. uh, that's right. But you never really know what happens to him. Uh, so they kind of use this volcano that's part of the course and they use that to push their golf cart above the fence uh, and they get away and the golf people can't get to them anymore. Um as they're shouting, Pacificus basically threatens to sue them. Uh, so funny. I know. Like, you, who, like, what is their permanent address? I guess it's the golf course. Yeah. Maybe you could. I don't know if, if a rich person know. threatens to sue you, you know that they could if they wanted to, because they can pay for a lawyer. Yeah, I know. What's, what's their excuse going to be? They're an unidentified American? I don't think that's going to fly. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't exactly know what they would go for but uh risky yeah risky. Uh, so 
after this whole thing happens, uh, Pacifica is kind of standing there. You know, obviously Grunkle is like, we're going to take you home. Pacifica, do you want to ride? We noticed your parents aren't here. She's like, no, I don't want to ride in that gross car. And then classic thunder, lightning, rain. Uh, you have to take the ride. So then she ends up sitting in the car with them. <clears throat> and she looks kind of uncomfortable. Grunkle does have one line, which is like, I can't really see that while driving this thing. And <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Oh, so yeah. I'm just like, oh, this is actually a slightly still dangerous situation. And Mabel and Pacifica kind of have a sweet little moment after they drop her off where she turns around and says, Mabel, that was actually kind of fun. Like, you know, like, I really enjoyed having this experience. And, it, like, the sentiment not just being that I, you know, was able to have an ex a fun experience personally off of the Id idiocy of you people. It definitely carried the sentiment of, like, thanks for having this good time with me and inviting me to do this. Like, even though this was a competition, I actually enjoyed having this night out and playing golf. Because my parents were probably just going to leave me at home when they went out and partied. Wow, that's so true. And I bet that she doesn't get that kind of social experience very often based on kind of the way they tell the story yeah and um, mabel's a very pure soul she's not the kind of person who's going to be pacifica's friend for her money and that's something that rich people definitely actually do have to deal with you know yeah I, or people with status yeah um, you know like you're you can't it's sometimes you get that feeling that you can't trust people because you don't know if they actually like you and mabel is the kind of person that you would not feel that kind of distrust with and i think that might be something pacifica would gravitate towards too in theory yeah definitely uh, and I, I, I do think that in that way, they land on the humanization. We're sort of like, okay, yeah. yes, Pacifica's got her problems, but she's really just a kid that has some issues because of the way she was raised and she doesn't really know any better. But then right when we get that moment and Mabel says, you know, Pacifica's just a regular kid too. Her gates open to her property and there's like swans and peacocks and a fountain and a huge mansion. And Dipper just goes, we should have made her pay for the burrito or the taco or whatever they Yeah, but that's right, because Mabel gave her a taco in the car. That's Yeah. Oh yeah, man. and yeah, that's right. <laughs> she did say one more problematic thing on her way out, uh, referring to Seuss. Tell your servant I like his W neck. Oh yeah, that's right. Again uh, though, that I liked the use of that one because it was it, it was like problematic, but this time coded with an effort to be nicer. Yeah, actually, and you're, that's sort of how it comes together as yeah. we close her story up narratively and for the episode. Also, having met people like this, that really is the transition that happens naturally, right? Right. You still get microaggressions. They're just intended to be a lot more thoughtful and nice for a little bit. And then they start figuring out what's actually better. You hope, <laughs> right? Uh, you know. So, yeah, that, that's pretty much how we close it out. Uh the, Thrawn's the golf ball did hang on to the license plate in the car at the very end uh, and sort of says laugh now hugelings but Franz will have his day and then he falls and I'm pretty sure he never has his day I, I don't never, think we ever see Franz see again Fra we can assume that Franz is a uh, gutter ball oh nice I like it oh wait that was a bowling reference Oops. yeah well, I thought you were making a pun <laughs> sand trap I don't know no, it's, out it's of bounds it's good. In, out of the green, I, I I play sports, everyone. Yeah, you're, you're doing fantastic. I, I know sports a little Score. bit better than this guy. Touchdown. All right. Uh, <laughs> you know what's a cold take? People who don't like sports joking about how little they know about sports and saying words like sports ball. I've never heard that joke made before. You know what's funny, too, is I actually know a lot about sports. 
Yeah, more so than you would let on. That's true. Yeah. Well, I'm just not as invested. But I actually, I've played like most American sports that are popular. And no. Well, do you know what one of my favorite sports is? Can I guess? Cribbage. Yeah. What? Cribbage. No. Try again. Pickleball. I do love pickleball. That's not what I'm going for right now. <laughs> All right, I'm out of guesses. Musicals, which is our end credit scene for the episode. Okay. And we finally get the musical number that I wanted in the beginning. And I honestly have, I, I feel like it wasn't that good, which is maybe why they cut it from the episode and put it in the end credit, if they cut it at all. Uh, so bad. But uh, so I didn't silly. care. It was still fun. And it turns out that Sergey is the captive audience, just having to wait and watch the musical. He's like, can I go home now? And they're like, never! Uh, so we actually were able to gleam a lot out of what seemed like a pretty surface level episode of the show. Yeah. Um, and you know, I guess there was a lot there, uh, when you actually talk it through again, I think it's super fun. I am excited to go where the plot's going to go. But when I saw it, I was like, man, this is going to be such a relaxing episode to podcast to because there's not that much to pay attention to. It's just a good time. Uh, and we're going to have fun. Yeah, it, it was a very, it was a pretty classic episode, but there's still a lot there with Pacifica. I, I do like that uh, nothing feels like filler from this point ever in Gravity Falls. So let me ask you, who gets your mystery plaque points this episode? So I, I actually decided to give two points to Pacifica. You did. Okay. Okay. And the reason it is because my head. anyone, anytime, anyone, any, anything that's not given lots of cultural representation even if it's a rich person i even even if it's them i like seeing the empathetic side of their story i always Mm -hmm. really appreciate seeing the humanism of everyone's different backgrounds regardless of where they're from and i think it's really easy to get carried away and just hate rich people i think that's something that i've definitely fallen into in my own life in the past Uh um and so i think that it's kind of a sweet reminder and that mabel and pacifica have this tender moment and it shows that pacifica you know it shows that anyone can can um you know kind of meet the right well maybe not anyone but it shows that if you're lucky you can meet the right people and step outside some of your more harmful norms that you're raised with regardless of what your background is so i really like uh i gave her those two points just because i loved how all that kind of stuff was explained and you know explored and then i gave another one to mabel too for also coming around and having pretty much the same reason honestly sure uh i actually came up with the same takeaway but i reversed them uh i gave two to mabel and one for pacifica because i just the the problematic nature of it for me was just like i did appreciate what was being done with the character but oh it was just so tough to watch so i i same idea just slightly different placements there yeah, yeah, there, it's, it, she's pretty awful. I, I, might, I might be a little biased because of what I know ends up happening later in the series. Maybe if this was truly my first watch around, I would have switched it as well. But That's a really good point, too. And not to spoil too much, I don't think there's anybody listening still who has not seen the whole series. But, but if there is, I mean, I'll try not to go into too much detail. But we get more of Pacifica that actually ends up being pretty good. And... I, you know, you, she yeah. becomes more likable than she is in this episode. It, it, it does feel like this episode is kind of that first step toward growth. Yeah, more of a friend, less of an antagonist kind of plot. Definitely. Maybe still definitely gray-airying that, that line, though. Sure. Well, Lucas, let me talk about some insights from Journal 3. There's not a whole lot, to be honest. It's just a yeah. fun little page about the golf ball people. Um, 
I think that uh, we just learned that Sue says he's always suspected that tiny people control mini golf, gumball machines, ATMs, and cuckoo clocks. I'm telling uh, you. And <laughs> so apparently everybody knew this but me. Uh, I, I, I'm so interested in what our cryptid's going to be for the day. Yeah, Based me too, this. because I couldn't figure one out and I was thinking maybe you would help me with it. So oh, think really? on that while they I... They mentioned the Bermuda Triangle, so that was my backup. Oh, that's a perfect one, actually, because... <laughs> I know. I think that was really interesting. Uh, yeah, but um, th- there are a little bit of insights that get mentioned from Dipper. Uh, rubber brains inside golf ball heads make them not so smart. Golf ball <laughs> heads make them nearly indestructible. Dang. Um, on the bright side, they hate Pacifica as much as I do. Uh, oh, here's some background. Here's some uh, extra show knowledge that wasn't in the show. So Mabel tried to keep one as a pet and bring him home. She named him Weensy and put him in her pocket, but he escaped by poking a hole out with a golf pencil. If my shrinking adventure taught me anything, Weensy will probably be caught in a jar by another curious kid soon. That's tragic. Yeah, so that's pretty much the extra context. Um, Tell me about the Bermuda Triangle uh, as we induct something into Journal 4. The Bermuda Triangle is a region that's marked by three points in the Caribbean, uh, Caribbean, if you want to be more official of your pronunciations, and uh, a bunch of really weird stuff has happened out there. Uh, there are plenty of, like, ship and cruise lines that do fly through that area on the regular, so, like, the mysteriousness of how it's, like, this huge, just, like, blackout spot isn't really valid like it used to be when, at least when I was hearing the stories when I was a kid. Um... But uh, essentially, a bunch of planes and ships have just gone mysteriously missing in this big area of the Atlantic. Um, And I even heard some stories of, like, some ships disappearing for, like, years of time and then coming back in the future. But don't quote me on that. Just go down really awful YouTube rabbit holes. Yeah, I'm sure that uh, the conspiracy people love that one. So it's probably easy to come up with some wild theories. Yeah. Um, but the Bermuda Triangle is an interesting one. I definitely don't think anything funny is happening there right now, but it's the kind of thing where it's definitely not implausible that there was a period of time where something weird was happening. Uh, and that's why it gets a little bit more credence for me. There factually were ships and planes that went missing in that area. Um, and that alone, I, I mean, th- th- those are facts. Uh, as far as what could have been going on, I'm not even speculating about whether it would have been aliens. I think it's probably more likely that there was, like, governmental involvement. Um, oh, or maybe just... It was more likely that they just crashed. Yeah, or it just it happened to be a place that had some dangerous conditions that made it harder to fly through. Um, but a mysterious place where things have gone missing and not come back. I don't even know what I'm rating to say whether that's real or not. But, I mean, the Bermuda Triangle is a real place where weird things have happened. Uh, and that feels like squarely an eight. I don't know. Do you, do you have thoughts on like how to even rate this one? Well, I'm trying to, I'm going to rate the supernatural basis of it. Right. Okay. So I'm not rating whether or not it like ships have gone disappeared. Cause you're right. Those are facts. Like people went in there and didn't come back. That just happened. I'm more rating it on like. Was it a Leviathan? Was it a UFO? Was it a, you know, the Bermuda? Is there something in supernaturally mysterious about this area? Um, I'm sticking with eight. I, I'm, you think an eight? 
Compared to all of the other wild things that we've rated, why not? I don't know why, but I really take these seriously, everyone. I I, I don't throw. I, I, see, I really try to give a really well thought out answer because metaphysical things fascinate me. I'm going to give this one a five because I really don't know where to stand. Um, it's one of those things where I could very easily see like, you know, lack of explanation being your explanation being good enough. You know, like it's so, if you apply Occam's razor, it, the best thing, the best chance of something that happened is everything just crashed in the ocean because that happens, you know, but especially in an area that's notorious for having yeah. like tsunamis and uh, hurricanes and stuff like that. But if, if you're applying the theory of like, it's so possible for so many weird phenomenon to happen that there could have been a time period where like there was literally something, anything unexplained for doing something like that's also a fairly high chance too. So I'm going to have to go 50, 50 and just do a five. Okay. I think that that's good logic. I am being myself and not putting much stock into it. I'm sure that I've given eights to things versus a three, which have similar likelihood and I don't care. We're having a good time here at gravity bros. I take everything too seriously and I don't take any of it seriously at all. It's a blast. Sure. Uh, Lucas, let's talk about the ciphers that uh, were in this episode. Uh, I really liked the end credit cipher uh, this week. We've got remember big Henry. That's pretty good. I like that too. Um, There is a cipher that's on a castle wall at some point that just says whatevs. Uh, And the page section that is revealed at the end of the episode. I don't remember if I ever uh, explained clearly that starting in season two, they show some pages with ciphers at the very end, in addition to the regular cipher. Um, And it looks like the book. And these ones are usually even a little bit more interesting. And it says old man sleeping on the green can't help but wonder what he's seen. So I know if you were watching this and following along with the ciphers in real time and you found that because McGucket was on the green this episode, you're like, whoa. Um, I don't remember if we've been teased in the ciphers of McGucket before, but we definitely are now. Definitely not in the show. Not, not clearly enough in the show. I don't think, I guess you did design the gobble wonker machine. Right, but that doesn't mean anything necessarily. He's just a smart old man with surprises. True. It could just be comedic effect, as Good far point. as the audience knows. He could just be a wonky old genius. Good point. Definitely. I want to close the episode by reading some reviews that we've gotten from Gravity Bros. Uh, oh, which, yeah. Yeah, I know that I've taken some time to do, uh, but I really appreciate everybody who's taken the time to leave them. And uh, if you uh, decide that you want to, uh, I will read those as well so let me pull those up all right oh wow this is a big one great podcast for fans new and old please read aloud it's from golden doodler uh back in august of last year see this is when uh we paused the show gravity falls is hand down hands down one of my favorite shows of all time the lore the heart the humor and experiencing the show in this new way through this podcast has been so 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 much fun especially because i jump at any excuse to hear new opinions from other people about this show despite the fact that there have been many out of context clips on youtube of gravity falls which are still going pretty strong to this day i was kind of afraid the fandom for this show was slowly fading into the background and this show was becoming not as relevant because this show's finale aired so long ago But thanks to this podcast and the fact that it recently celebrated its 10-year anniversary, I've realized the fandom for Gravity Falls is way more active to this day than I gave it credit for. There is so much to unpack in this show, and hearing insights from you two, who are as passionate about the little details and character moments in this show as I am, has been a great experience. 
Small character moments are overlooked way too often in not just animated shows, but shows in general, so unpacking those with the same level of excitement I have for them has made me feel so validated. It also helps your side stories and tangents are just super entertaining in general, as well as your Journal 4 conversations and debates. I can't get enough of them. I wish Alec the best of luck with his wedding and his move to Oregon to be with Lou, and will patiently await your insights on Season 2. I'm sure it will be worth the wait. And I know this is super tacky to say in a review and won't happen in a million years. But if you ever need a guest to appear on the podcast in season two, I'm more than willing. Super sweet. Uh, we've only ever had one guest. Uh, and I think it's just because it's simpler to organize. But we always appreciate people showing that kind of love and appreciation for the show. Absolutely. Um, That's really sick to hear. Who is that? I love that. Golden Doodler. Yeah. If you're listening, thank you so much, Golden Doodler. We also have I Love Gravity Falls. Read this aloud, please. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, my favorite character is the Triangle. I love this podcast. You guys are so funny and interesting. If I could, I would give you 100 million stars. I can't wait for the one with the eye. The mysterious woman is so interesting, but you better tell the answer because otherwise I will rate it one star. The answer is coming at the very end of the show, I promise. Uh, <laughs> Gravity Falls is not Gravity Falls without the all-powerful beating. being. Please read this aloud. Thank you for making this. Bye. Give your points to, uh, ooh, Repic LLIB. He's watching you. I'm guessing that's a cipher, and I think I know what you're talking about. I think I do, too. <laughs> uh, cool. And then last one that we haven't read on the show yet, a podcast the author would be proud of. This podcast is on the top of my list for its great analyzation of my favorite animated show of all time. Come for Grunkle Stan's hilarity, stay for Alec and Lucas's train of thought that circumnavigates the world and yet somehow, to my amazement, always ends up back at the station. And leave before the plugs. Just kidding, don't do that. Maybe Lou will tell a joke. Uh, also, I, I love true. that callback. I might. Also wait. love Journal 4. When are you publishing it? That would be fun. Oh, that'd be so cool. I, I would like that. We could. What if we did that as a YouTube video or something? We could do something uh, about it. I mean, listen, the Gravity Falls lore is going to... The Gravity Bros lore will extend beyond this podcast. Uh, if some of you have been listeners to the podcast, you might not know we have a Twitch now. Uh, and we even did a Gravity Falls on that uh, a week or two ago. So, Creature you know, ranking tier list was a lot of fun. That's right. Uh, so... For now, we're going to say bye, but we really appreciate all of you. This podcast is brought to you by the Brazilian Dragon Podcast Network. Lots of other shows and movie rewatches on the Brazilian Dragon feed. You can find Lou and I by watching Jester Bros Cartoon Theater on YouTube. You can also follow us on social media by clicking the links in the description. Social media might ramp up soon. Um, also, description to the Discord. People, if you're listening to this podcast, you would probably love the Discord. So feel free to hop on in there. And uh, leave those five-star iTunes reviews. I've proved that I will read them. Uh, thanks to Tessa Scarborough for the art. Me. See y'all next week. Or I should start saying bi-weekly. Happy sleuthing. Peace, everyone. <laughs>